Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, today, I'm catching up with Sydney-based artist Andrew Dennis. Uh, Andrew is a multidisciplinary artist, and he also goes under the name Studio Dennis. How you going? Hey, Tom. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, it's been, been good. Good stuff. So, um, you're Sydney-based. Have you like lived there all your life? I have, yeah. My whole entire life, I've been, um, yeah, I guess you could say born and bred Sydney, and... Um, I spent some time in the UK. I was there for about five years and uh, did a bit of, I was, you know, backpacking and working over there and stuff. So there was a little brief period where I was thinking about getting away from Sydney and staying away. But then um, it, it got me got me back again. It lured me back in. I came home and that was, yeah, I was happy with that. That's fine. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> it's a, I found... Um, like I've lived over in the UK as well, but when when you return, I find that Australia is sort of like much easier, easy life. You know, do you find it that is. at all? It is. It was a rat race in London. It was just <laughs> completely crazy. You know, you you got on the tube and um, there was thousands of people everywhere, and you know there was never a, a moment where it sort of felt like you were in this kind of quiet, peaceful back street like you do in parts of Sydney and I'm sure parts of Melbourne are like that too. You know, there's some quiet little areas and overseas in London especially, there's nothing like that. It's it's pretty, it's an intense city. Sure is. So when you were uh, living in London, were you uh, working as an artist over there? I wasn't. I was doing what I sort of do now, which is um, working in the um, signage contracting industry, I guess. It's like putting up, uh, working for different companies, retail retailers and things like that, doing visual merchandising and putting up stickers and like, what used to be called sign writing is kind of now trans, transformed into this, you know, sort of, uh, you know, industry where you, you sort of basically just a, a, a paid installer to, you know, put up signs and stickers and whatever it is, decals. And it's kind of partly what I do now. I still do it just to as a sort of a supplement to what I do as an artist. So, yeah, it was kind of what I was doing over there and, and it was good because it meant that I had enough money to travel with and um, it paid well and it was it meant that, you know, I could see other parts of Europe that I probably may not have seen, um, you know, otherwise and it was great because it gave me the gave me the opportunity to, to look around and, and, and travel to Eastern Europe and, 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 yeah, check it all out, which was fun. Yeah. So how did you get into art? I, I went to art school. I went to the National Art School in Sydney. Um, I was taught by incredible painters and and artists. Um, and uh, I, I ended up doing printmaking when I was there and majoring in print. And um, I did screen printing. And and then, you know, that, that really kind of uh, reinforced my interest in art. Um, I was always into art uh, at high school. And but uh, when I went to art school, I was like, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm I'm really going to stick this out. Um, but after I left art school, I was like, Shit, but I need I need a job. So I kind of went and did screen printing for a company. And um, after that, I was like, oh, it's not it's not really for me. Um, so I kind of did other things. I ended up doing sort of a bit of design and then sort of moving into this the sign writing business and doing all that. But alongside of that, all the time I was making art, I was just kind of continually, continuously exploring different areas and, yeah, you know, just kept on making. And, um, you know, to this day I still try to find the balance between the two just to maintain a, maintain a consistent flow of art making. But um, I haven't fully committed to being an artist. I've, I'm, I'm, my, I'm, I'm a commitment phobe. I'm not sure if... I'm not quite ready, but I think one day it'll be, come to the point where I'll have to, you know, that, that point will come where I'll be like, you know what, I'm an artist. I'm not a bloody sign writer. I, I make art. And it, it's, 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 it's tricky. You, you kind of just try to find the, the, the combination that works for you. And, uh, and I know listening to your podcast that you've, you're fully committed, which is it's kind of interesting listening to people talk about their experience of becoming an artist. You know, it's like, I'm now an artist. This is my thing. It's it's probably the more the most liberating thing you can do, right? Yeah, totally. But I've like I've I've only found that through like diving in and creating that space in your life, um, it's all sort of come together for me as well. Like all like with 
yeah, when I had a job on the side, it was never that urgent to really get the jobs in and make the money off art because there was money coming in. Whereas I've like, you know, I've had to sort of pay pay my mortgage and all that type of stuff and just try and do it off my art. And it's, I don't know, when you've got that urgency, it's like, well, I don't have any savings and all that sort of stuff. I've got to make it happen month to month. It all sort of starts to, to come in. And there's also the time, you know, you got you suddenly got a 40-hour week at least, well, as much as you want to put in anyway, but I only do a 40-hour week. And um, when you're applying that all to your art, it, um, I don't know, there's, that's 40 hours that you try, you know, you're trying to work out how to do it, like get better at painting, make good paintings, make money, you know, with whatever medium you're working with. Yeah. You know. But you seem to be doing all right. I've been watching you online. Oh, you're, you're always doing stuff. Like, you've got heaps of projects on the go. Uh, yeah, I'm always making stuff. I'm, I've, I've always got um, sort of like about half a dozen to a dozen things going on, projects that are kind of in various stages of development. And um, that that that's kind of – that works for me. I'm happy with that. It's, it, it makes me feel like I'm pretty much committed to it. Um, and a lot of people are, are surprised when they see that I do other stuff outside of art. But um, really, it's about um, having an having a individual sort of style and being able to express that, you know, in, in a kind of fashion which proves that you've got something to say with your art. And, mm. you know, that's, that's the most important thing. I think that, you know, if you can continue to do that, then it's working. Yeah. Well, I, like up until now, I thought that you um, were a full-time artist. Yeah, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any kind of difference, really. I mean, it's it's not like a point of difference, really, for me. But um, I know that I could commit commit further to it. Like I probably will over time. Um, Sydney's, you know, like like you say, mortgages, children, things like that. Um, you've got to. Have, I always feel like you've got to have uh, an income stream, consistent sort of back something in the background which continually comes through. Um, but you know, art, art pays pretty well when you get the right job. So I guess a lot of people conserve their their, their funds and they, they kind of they, they spend their money wisely, and they um, and they kind of work towards these big projects. And that's probably the the the, the, the smart way to do it. So with your with your job, do you have it so it's flexible? Do you actually work yeah. with someone and have to be in an office like nine to five? Five days a week, or can you come and go as you please? Yeah, it's 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 very flexible. I have these. I subcontract for different people, and you know they give me the choice if I'm going to do a job. If they give me the choice to do it or not, they they ask me if can you give me a price for this job, and that, you know when can you do it? I can turn it down if I'm doing other stuff. You know, if I'm if I'm focusing on like an art project, I'll, I'll just turn it down and get someone else to do it. So there is a huge amount of flexibility around it, which which is probably why I've continued to do it, mm. because um, those things are really, you know, they're, they're, they're lucrative as well. If you can find the right balance between the two things, then you, you, you're continually sort of pulling in, you know, money from different hustles. So it's kind of, it works that way, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah. So you um you seem to be be doing a lot of different styles of work like mural work, illustration work, and like different types of art. Like, what's your primary focus? Yeah, um, yeah, I wanted to keep keep it uh, like keep a pretty broad range of um, sort of uh, sort of processes and materials. So um, I've spread it out quite a lot lately. I've started to do like, um, laser cut wood blocks and I've started to do, uh, ceramic pieces and I'm doing a bit of digital illustration for people that, you know, and they go and print it and they apply it to hoardings and things. And then there's the mural stuff. And, and then there's also just, I'm trying to start getting back into sort of traditional canvas painting. So there's, there's this whole range of things and, um, the reason behind that for me is that I'm, I'm just trying to like kind of nail a style which, which can be spread out across all these different materials and, and it still maintains that integrity. So, you know, like I, I feel like there's, there's probably too much of a, there's a limitation with mural art. Like it, it, it doesn't really, for me, it doesn't resonate as, as deeply as it used to because it's quite, 
all pervasive. Like, you know, you, you see it quite a lot, you know, especially if you're kind of looking at it, you know, all the time. You see a lot of murals and you're just like, okay, yeah, great. That's kind of, it's, it's getting done. But I want to look into areas, like try different materials that I don't see as common, like, you know, try different kind of things that people would otherwise think wouldn't even even consider as a, as an art form. So you know that's that's what's in, that's what interests me at the moment. That's great. Yeah, it is uh, it is interesting how many murals are going up these days. It's like a um a new era, if you know what I mean. Like over well, the last like five ten years, it's been crazy, uh, especially in Australia, but globally as well. Like I think it's um it's really interesting that all these uh, other artists. You know, it used to be like the only work you'd see on the street was from street artists or graffiti artists, you know what I mean? But now there's all sorts of artists getting out there to paint murals. And it's, um, you know, it's just a really interesting time because it used to be you had to go to a studio to see someone's work, like work. Whereas now there's like, pretty, everyone's pretty much got big, big billboards for themselves to say, this is who I am and this is what I do. And, yeah, um, exactly. And it's also yeah. paying well, you know. So people are getting... Yeah. um. You know, people getting opportunities to really show their art, but also being, you know, financially compensated for painting such a large painting. And, um, you know, it's it's just a good time to be an artist, I think. It's a great time to be an artist, male and female as well. You know, don't forget, like, there was a time when female artists weren't weren't in the, in the game sort of thing. So, and now there's these incredible, there's a whole variety of different approaches. Like, you know, there's there's so many different stylistically different artists um that you know all over the world i think it's a great time like you say like anybody can step into it um if they've got a unique approach and and they can make a real impact so in that sense it's it is a fantastic time and you've got to look at the positives because otherwise if if you're not seeing like the good side of it you're just sort of being cynical but you know for me like it I, I like. I think with murals, it's it's so it's so uh, all pervasive. It's sort of so common now that I'm starting to find sort of like materials that I find a little bit different or um, that aren't as 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 commonly used by people. So it's you know just trying to find a unique approach. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. what what sort of things? Oh, I like just sort of bringing in stuff from like the signage game, I guess, like um, fabric light boxes and, you know, laser cut uh, uh, timber and, uh, you know, like uh, paper engineering, all this sort of, just different approaches that kind of relate to my art, you know, to the, to the aesthetic of my art and sort of, you know, finding a, finding a way forward with it and also using it as a challenge to sort of make something interesting. Yeah. And sometimes it works. Speaking of uh, of approach, I saw you uh, doing a, a mural where it went onto the footpath, and did, and you oh, yeah. there was a photo of you um, like on your hands and knees painting it with a brush. <laughs> yeah. Did you do the whole thing with a brush? No, I didn't. I, I was, just finished it with a brush. I was going to um, say that would have been backbreaking work. It would have. Yeah. No. Definitely. <laughs> we we use rollers. We roll it all out, and then and then every. And just for that final, like, clean line, some of it just needed to be brushed in. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, totally. It was, it, yeah, it was all, it would have definitely been pretty challenging with a brush. <laughs> yeah. So getting back to um, to murals, like, what do you think the, the future is for murals? Do you think it's going to get oversaturated and just burn out and it's going to be the end of an era? Or, you know, what's your view on it? Yeah, I don't know. Um um, it, it's really it's reached a fairly peak commercial point now. I think like uh, as soon as big brands get hold of the concept of doing murals in their offices and things like, I get I get these projects you know emailed to me every now and then, and it's like quite big brands that want to use the art on their in their office space and and get it get it painted in their in their interiors and I sort of think oh it's pretty far removed from um, the initial idea of of, of of doing art illegally on the street. It's got so far that now it's um, it's completely transformed into this new beast and it's really commercialised. But it 
it doesn't mean it's it doesn't mean that the artwork has uh, deteriorated in in quality at all. It seems to have improved the quality of the work that's being um, put out. You know, if you look at the the incredible art that's being made, um, sort of the cutting edge of that of the the art form, it's it's insane. It's totally it's totally unique, and it's people with a really strong vision and doing stuff that's bigger, it's better, it's 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 more visually arresting. Like I don't think a, a lot of the, pretty much all the mural artists that are at the top of the game doing stuff that's so outstanding that it sort of jumps off the wall. It's like it's it's incredibly um, powerful and interesting to look at. You know, mm. it's definitely made quite well for the uh, for the times that we live in so in that sense i don't think it's going to die it's not dying off but it's transformed yeah so rapidly yeah I, I think there's also um scope for people approaching it differently as well like um like say more like sculpture coming into play and yeah. you know because the way i see it public like the companies who are paying for these artists to do big murals they've still got the budget there and there seems to be this um you know the counts. The government's really got behind art in Australia, anyway, and it's like it's asking. You know, it's it's saying that if you're going to have it build a new building, you know, X amount needs to be spent on art. So I think it's going to give artists an opportunity to go. You know what? I've done all these big murals. Now I want to, I don't know, build a big sculpture or yeah. do a mural out of stone or something. I don't know. Like whatever. Actually, but it's it's going to give them opportunities to do that without yeah. having to worry about like funding it themselves. I totally agree. I think that the surface will change in the future. The surface will become um, a really big part of the mural painting process, whether it be a relief or, or people starting to use 3D elements or, you know, people using light, LED lights or, you know, just all these really interesting developments which, which have, could happen. They could be just around the corner. We just don't know about it or, you know, people haven't introduced the ideas enough. But... It's it's an early it's 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 an early uh, phase that we're in with this uh, art form and you know the next generation or the next group of people will take it to a, there's no doubt they'll take it to a, a whole another level which would be great so that's kind of exciting yeah you don't really think about that, that there's um all these people looking at this amazing art that's going up and and that's like the norm like to them it's <laughs> it's like all right well even the good people they're looking at that and that's their benchmark whereas the people who are you know are keeping it moving at the moment they're it's all like uncharted territory for a lot of them yeah yeah they're just trying out new things mm. yeah yeah so um you know being that you've uh you know you're juggling your, your art career and also you know a, a part-time job as well do you have like a daily um like drawing practice or do you like have something where you're doing a bit of uh your art every single day yeah, I do. I, I I do these drawings um, on the on the iPad, which sort of uh, come from a paper sketch. I do a paper sketch, and then instead of inking it, you know, in, in the traditional sense, I just sort of draw it on the iPad and then start coloring it in, and and that becomes like a process, uh, you know, that I, that that kind of helps me like look at what I'm doing as a you know, look at the process of drawing and trying to find that language that trying to trying to narrow down the path, like trying to find you know find these sort of like subjects that are interesting to draw. So yeah, there is there is a daily drawing process. Um, sometimes it's not every day, but yeah, definitely like it's sort of it happens you know pretty often, pretty pretty much every second or third day, which yeah. is good. Yeah, that really helps. That's really valuable. It's kind of that's really valuable part of art making. Um, yeah. Do you find it yeah. um, because you've been doing it almost daily? It's like um, progressed your style as well. It does it progresses your style and it also makes you? I think it makes you realise that um, bad drawing is is kind of like a it, it, that that's actually really good drawing if you look at it in the right way. Like I, I, I think people that they don't realise that sometimes when you, when an artist does a bad drawing, they the artist kind of goes, "Ah, oh, it's not my not my favourite drawing." But you know, people look at that drawing. Let's a bit like David Trigley. When you look at Trigley's work, you know that artist, the British artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you look at his stuff. His his stuff is just all bad drawings. 
but people love it. It's amazing. Like it's just straight out of his, um, you know, his intuition that the way he draws, and that's that's kind of really inspiring. It me- means that you don't really need a reference point for your work. You're just using your own mind as a reference point, which helps you draw more fluidly. Yeah, I find when you look like when you're drawing loosely, it's um, you know, it flows a lot better. And same with painting and everything like that. When you stop trying to be so precise with everything, it sort of it just naturally falls into place and flows a lot better. But that's yeah. that's it depends on what style you're going for as well. You know, some people like it perfect. Yeah, exactly. You know, people are perfectionists, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find that um, through uh, you know finishing off these drawings on the iPad, you've it's helped you work with color because you um, you know you can change the color of everything and get some good combinations going. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think once you um, narrow down a palette um, with color, that you, you you can really explore the color, you know, in relationship to other colors, and it sort of helps you um, try to define something, you know, as far as a sort of a language. So you are you work with a lot of like um like bright colors. Do you sort of um you know work at branding yourself around a certain color palette? No, not really. Uh, it's it's more um, with the colors. They're just colors that I'm drawn to, you know. And I just keep going sort of towards this range of colors. Um, and then I look at the the overall image. You know, once I've used those colors together. Um, I, I sort of look at the image and go, right, is, is this, does these combinations even work together or should I narrow it down, should I take one out? Um, because you can, you know, when you're painting, you can just mix all sorts of colours together and you can make a mess out of it. But I'm trying to do, the work I'm trying to make is, is really about those colour relationships and, and, and how they uh, respond to one another and, and possibly what, what it conjures up as a sort of an idea like if does do the colors kind of reference a you know particular era or are they you know they sort of classical colors and just sort of trying to maybe get into the color language a bit and and see what see what comes of that because you know like my influences are kind of in that area i'm not really into colorists as artists you know like so that that that's always influenced my style so yeah it's really getting into that, engaging with it and seeing what comes of it and, you know, getting a response. If someone says, oh, I love the colours, I'm like, okay, good, that worked, you know, because that's people's entry point into your work sometimes. People, they're not quite sure of the subject. If they're not quite 100% into your subject matter, if they're into the colour, then it kind of helps them engage with your work a little bit and, um, you know, find something which they like and then possibly they can like it, you know, they can start to develop an interest in what you're doing yeah yeah i hadn't thought about that for years actually like a friend told me that when i was like you know first starting out in graffiti he said you know the main thing is 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 get your colors right because that's the first thing people see and then you know develop your style and all that because then they start looking a bit closer and but the first like flash of anything they see are your colors yeah 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 if they fly past your picture driving a car and they just see they see your stuff i mean like for example, your you you'd notice your stuff pretty easily because it does have those like iconic colours and that 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 really helps identify your work. Mm. You know, it gives you that yeah yeah. Like I, I work in a lot of like black, white, and red because of it's come from my drawings. But I've I've been like um, also working on you know uh, different colour combinations as well and like having the colour combinations be a, a a really big part of the art. Because like yeah. you know, I, I'm known for working in three colors, and I, I still still do that. But on the side of that, I I, I really like putting colors together as well. It's like a real yeah. fun part of the art. Have you made a bunch of Have you made paintings where you've just like done a full color picture, yeah. like from graffiti? No, no, I've done like I do. I've got paintings in the studio here. I'm looking at like I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six. Looking oh, at uh, nine paintings right now that I've done in the last like couple of weeks, and uh, only one of them is black, white, and red, and the rest are all different oh. colors. Okay, all yeah. right. But it's just yeah, but it's but it's it's been like that all the time. It's just a um, yeah. you know, it's just when I go out to actually paint on the street, like I'll show um, 
you know, as even with clients, like all my ideas start in my um, little books and I draw the black and red pen on white paper and then I'll show the uh, shirt sketch to a client or something and then they'll say, oh, and I say, oh, have you got any colours in mind? They say, that looks pretty good like that and, you know, <laughs> it goes from there. But also yeah. my colours are, are worked out if I'm working on a painting, like those colours are already chosen and I know where they go. So I just, I yeah. just do it, you know. It does make a lot of sense. I've got these big buckets of um, acrylic paint, which are all my colour palette, and um, I just keep going back to those to those buckets to to fill up smaller ones to paint with. And um, you know, if if you just have this kind of range that you've you've continuously worked with for the last number of number of years, then you 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 develop an interest in the colour, which becomes quite deep you know like you, you start to get quite engaged with particular hues and particular colors you know like it, it's like uh it's a, it becomes quite a substantial you know thing about your work yeah definitely yeah i feel like i've been like um like i've branded myself a bit on the color palette but i'm really looking forward to to branching out but i think a lot of people have done the same you know you start off and you know there's a lot of people out there that have uh have their like set colors a lot of people work in black and white i've noticed black white and gray yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i yeah i tried that for a while but yeah i got bored of it pretty quickly um it just wasn't my thing you know? yeah yeah one color i like to use a lot of it people never uh, people always sort of have a go oh not have a go but just think i'm a bit crazy for using is is chrome like chrome spray paint yeah. mm -hmm. man i love it it's like it's the the forgotten color. Yeah, isn't that a really good block out color? Ah, oh, block out or whatever. It's just one of those colors that it catches your eye and has shine. It's like, you know, it's like a, a really shiny gray. <laughs> yeah, it's the classic. Um, yeah, throw up artist paint color, isn't it? Really. Yeah, that's because it's got good coverage and it comes out quick. But I don't know. I I like using it as a color. I think, yeah, uh, it's an actual color, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like even if you've got something that's got like six colors in it, like one of those colors is chrome. Like people yeah. will look at the chrome and go, oh, wow, that, that looks That's nice. Cool. Yeah. yeah but you know that there's a theory behind people using gold as well as a color because it, 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 it enriches the painting. It makes it think, it makes you think that it's more valuable. Mm. So it could work in the, in the same way as silver, you know, make, it sort of gives it a bit more value. Because yeah. it's kind of spring and, yeah, yeah reflecting. Depends on the color combination as well. You know, it's like I find that um, I think gold works with certain colors but not with, with others. Whereas yeah. I, I think, um, you know, because if you're working in, I don't know, like with if you've got uh, a gray, if you've got black, white, and then yeah. some other colors, because I don't work with many colors, but if you start with black and white and then you've got one or two colors in between, a gray sort of works between the black and white, so it's going to go with anything. Whereas if you throw a gold in there, it's got like this yellowy vibe going on and can throw things off. Yeah. But it's but gold's still good too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think uh, I, I really like metallic paints. That's all I'm saying. Like being that, um, you know, there's so many artists trying to make a living off their art. Do you feel that um, like as artists we uh we're selling ourselves short like by doing commercial work or like what do you think about that um yeah i mean uh i think that some artists um consider their work to be commercial work you know so in that sense you can really do anything you can apply your work to any brand and well within reason and um and and it, and it kind of has it kind of has uh, substance and it doesn't, it makes sense. It doesn't look ridiculous, but um, I guess um, people that are fine artists and consider themselves to be, to be like fine art painters. I mean, anyone that I went to art school with kind of wouldn't, uh, wouldn't even consider some of the things that, um, yeah, like urban artists or people in this, in this sort of, realm are doing as as a, as a consideration and maybe they're just maybe they're not getting the opportunities or maybe they're just not seeing the point of, of making art you know just being able to take an opportunity and do something interesting with it 
maybe that's that's like you know that's the difference between our art form and the fine art world you know there's there's a little bit of snobbery on their part you know looking down at, at some of the stuff that commercial artists do is it's like that classic sort of Kendone argument it's like he never really got considered a fine artist because he was doing too much commercial work but you look at it now and go that's ridiculous his work's brilliant he does these fantastic watercolors he does these beautiful paintings he just happened to make a huge amount of money um, doing branded stuff, you know, as Ken Doan. But, you know, these days it's it's kind of it's ridiculous. It should be these people should have the freedom to be able to do both things. It's it's a challenge, though. It's definitely, you know, walking a fine line. Yeah. I guess it's, it's picking your, your uh, battles as well, like picking your clients well or seeing what opportunities come your way and not taking on everything, but also not um, – not pandering to their brief too much like if you're you know you want to be hired for you for you you know what i mean it's like yeah i don't know i have people say oh can you paint a dog and this and that or whatever it's like no it's not what i do you know yeah. and it's like if you know i think it's as an artist you want to be hired you know hired as the artist and celebrated as that artist you know instead of being a commercial artist and just paint with it you know paint on command like whatever you're told Oh, I, I had this job recently that um, I started, but I didn't finish because the client was, and hopefully they don't listen to this, but um, they probably won't. Um, but they asked me to paint a shark in amongst all my, um, so like corals and plants and all that sort of thing. And I initially, I agreed because I thought, oh yeah, I could do that. I could do it. I could paint that shark. It's fine. Um, and then I got halfway through the painting and it just, it, it just gotten it just got more and more about what they wanted and not what I wanted and I'm like I'm the artist I'm doing I'm I'm in I'm giving you an interpretation of my work and you're already trying to sort of force me into a corner this is, I'm just not going to I'm not going to complete it I'm, you know it was a total waste of a day for me um, starting the initial painting and it actually I actually thought the painting was pretty cool but in the end, it was just like I realised I've just got to stop. I've got to turn that stuff down. Like, if if it if it starts to feel like they're they're pushing you into a situation where they're manipulating your work too far beyond what what your work is about, then you've just got to turn it down. And say no. See you later. Yeah, totally. Like, even if you can paint photorealism and you can paint anything that looks like a photo, like everyone's got their own take on doing that as well. You know, and then like the client goes, "I'll paint." You know, here's a Photoshop, like you know, composite of all these things. Can you just paint that? But then, then they got to take your account into style. I mean, your style into account as well. You know, that like, will it look the way that exactly the way they want it? And it's like everyone's got their own sort of fingerprint on how the finished product will look. Exactly, I know, and 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 it was actually yeah, it can be so. harmful you know from their point of view if they're just pointing this kind of these uh instructions your way and going you've got to you've got to make it like this and you're like you've really got to turn around and go is it worth it Mm. should i just like just turn it down or you know or abandon which is what i did i was just like abandon ship see you later (laughs) Uh, can you also paint over the wall and send me a photo of it so at least i know that you haven't kept the picture, you know. Yeah. It's it yeah, it pretty disappointing. Yeah. Some jobs are like that, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. it's very rare. Yeah. But good on you for having the confidence to walk away, though, because it's like, I don't know, you don't want to be, you know, get the job done, but just go, man, that sucked, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> it puts you off your art. Like, it's one of the, the great pleasures in life is like having something that you're really passionate about it and actually doing that you know and if you can get money for doing that it's like it all the better you know whereas yeah. if, if you're laying in bed in bed at night going i should never have taken that job on and i, and I got absolutely no pleasure at all out of painting that like like why do you want yeah. to be doing that you've only got yeah you know you've only got so many years on on earth you may as well be enjoying yourself yeah that's right and you've really just got to um find the right clientele you know you've got to find the right people that get what you're doing um, from the outset and um, also have a sort of a a mindset that's 
within your range. Like, uh, you know, I find that's kind of the most, they're the most, um, they're the best experiences that I've had in the last couple of years where the, the client is, is almost like similar in a way in personality and they just go, look, we, we love what you do, do your thing. And um, you, they don't even bother about um, a brief or they don't even look for, they don't even ask for drawings or sketches. They just kind of go, this is an open brief, do it. And that's, the, that's the best experience that you can have. Yep. I know I've got one of them tomorrow morning. Looking forward to really? it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Win, win. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, like, outside of doing murals and, and you know, commercial work like that, like, do you make money off other areas of your work, like selling paintings and, you know, doing gallery work or anything like that? No, not well, not for a long time. Um, I have been participating in some group shows over the years, but uh, actually 2019 next year is 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 sort of a, I'm coming back into it um, in, a, in a fairly big way because I'm prepping a whole bunch of paintings and um, ceramics and, and things like diff- various different um, objects um, for, uh, for exhibition. So it's kind of, it's, it's an exciting time. I, I really needed to, um, just sort of commit to it and, and, and really just probably just give myself the amount of time, which was necessary, which is, you know, 12 months since like I've started the process now and I can already see time running out between now and next year. So I've kind of got to just like keep committing more um, resources to, to doing the work, but um, you know I'm enjoying the process, and it's also giving me that 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 sort of realization that um, that the gallery work is not a not a dead art form for me. Like it, it has substance. It, it really it, there's a it, there's a point to it, and um, it, it just helps you identify further what your style is, and, and it gives you that real kind of uh, you know purpose. Yeah, definitely. Sounds I love good. it. I love doing studio work. It's like my favorite part of the art of doing art. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so with like we by getting ready for this uh, exhibition, you said you got twelve months. Like, have you um like one thing that I found was really helpful for me is like actually working out exactly what you're going to put in the exhibition and how many pieces. Like, have you like drawn it all up or have you like worked out exactly how many done exhibition you plan? Yeah. That's that's an interesting idea. Um, I haven't, but I guess what I wanted to do because I haven't done a whole series in quite a while is I wanted to turn out a whole bunch of pictures and and things and like the sculptural elements and just colour it all, colour it all down. So I've kind of got like you know like the finest, the the best ones out of the group. So instead of I, th- I feel like there's probably going to be a whole bunch of hit, hits and misses in that process. And I'm already finding that, you know, like um, trying to find the exact right materials and um, like experimenting a little bit with different materials but then culling them. So um, there's no there's no exhibition plan, but um, there's, there, I've definitely got an idea in the back of my mind of how, you know, what, what works are going to, be shown and you know what what kind of stuff i'm going to be working on so yeah there's a there's a basic plan but nothing set in stone yeah yeah just out of uh out of advice like i've done five or four solo shows this year already and i've found that if i'm just painting endlessly like if i'm just painting to a you know as many as i make in in between this week and that week or whatever it makes it really stressful because yeah. you don't, you're just trying to do as much as possible. Whereas if you've got, um, if you go, all right, um, this is what the gallery w- looks like on that wall. You can fit like five paintings this size perfectly. In this wall, I'm gonna have one big painting, and that wall, like da da da. You know, I just work, plan out the whole whole gallery. You know how many pieces you need to do, and you can go, all right, I'm on track, and roughly how many a week's that, and I don't know. I even do little thumbnail sketches of of every single piece. And then just yeah. when it comes to creating them, it's just like, well, that one didn't work, right? Put that to the side or paint over it or, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I do get your theory. Like even with um, the exhibition I had in Tokyo recently, I, I knew I wanted to do 20 works on paper. I did 25 works on paper. And then when it came time to actually hang it, I only hung 18 of them. 
Yeah. You know, but it's like it what the outlay what for me wasn't massive, you know. Yeah, yeah, it works on paper. You can easily just, um, you know, put them back in the plan drawer or wherever exactly. they go back, you know, yeah. in the studio. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you've got to accept with painting that you're going to go through a fair bit of uh, material. Mm. You know, you just, you, you, you need... You need to uh, to cull the, the work, and, and even if it's you know costly as far as the time concerned, like you know oh, I spent you know I might have spent three days on this painting, but it's just it's just not good enough for the show. So you just have to put it aside or get rid of it or you know whatever you do. But I, I haven't been through this process in such a long time. Um, the, the last time I did a solo show was when I was 21, and I'm 39 now, so. Uh, and back then I was doing landscapes and I came straight out of art school and so it was a totally different era for me like I was I was heading in this land Australian landscape tradition um, kind of an urban style of landscape but you know after that it was a good show but after that I just lost interest in the idea of that style of art form and you know wanted to develop something different but I actually never did a solo because it was just, you know, I was just trying out so many new ideas and it just it didn't, it doesn't matter because I've got so much different sort of work, commercial jobs and murals and things. But now I feel like if I don't, it's now is the time to do it because I'm like, oh, I've actually got this body that I'm really happy with and I know how to paint exactly what I need to paint. Like I'm not questioning it as much as I used to like I used to look at my work and go ah that could have been done differently but now I feel quite confident about the work and um, it's really developed into something that you know is unique it's it's a real unique vision that that you know can really it's really sort of like okay that's the, I know that that's my work so yeah it's taken a while but you know I'm pretty happy with that that's fine that's really good to have a vision and uh and know what you want to do for it. And it's like it comes through just like doing so much work as well. You've uh, in the end, you or not in the end, but as you the more work you create, the more you have an idea of what your work looks like as well. Like yeah, I, remember, exactly. I remember playing yeah. around with ideas for years and not not having a, a voice or a look to my art. And that's where that's why I started drawing every day because I didn't know what my art looked like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People yeah. say, "What does your art look like?" Oh, uh, uh, uh. I still yeah, yeah, do. Yeah. I still do it, but you know. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of people. I, I still get a lot of people going. Oh, what, what, what are you trying to? What, what are you doing with your art? Like, what, what's it mean? And it's like, well, it's just, it's just an expression. It's a form of expression, you know. Like, I do it all the time. Like, if you haven't, if you don't get it by now, then maybe you'll never get it. Like, <laughs> it's just a, it's just a creative outlet for me, and um, I put it out there in the world so that people can enjoy it. Um, exactly. But you know, the meaning, as far as meaning is concerned, like it's it's really um, up to the. A lot of the time, it's up to the people looking at your work mm. to interpret what you do. Yeah. Um, you you can tell people as much as you like. Oh, this is about you know my upbringing and my my the surroundings when I was a child, looking at you know plants and animals and things and like skateboarding and all of those influences but people are still going to make up their own mind and go oh yeah but you know i can see how you've referenced like certain types of art and this type of thing so yeah that's fine i'm happy with that you, yeah. that's, that's that's the best that's the best part about it yeah i think the basis of um of pretty much all art is someone's individual style and ideas it's ideas and style and then that the yeah. story comes later most of the time you know yeah the story you actually construct the story at the end to justify yeah. what you're doing exactly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i did a uh uh had a conversation with mitch walder a melbourne-based artist he just had an exhibition and i just had an exhibition or something we did a whole podcast on on exhibitions and everything to do with them so i know maybe dive back in the uh archive and and have a look for that because we cover a whole bunch of um you know things to think about and consider for an exhibition so yeah i don't know it might help you that sounds good yeah but the one the one uh the one sort of tip that i i don't know i tell a lot of friends who are just starting out and um like have their second or third like solo show or whatever is don't worry about um selling your artwork because it will oh. drive you crazy you'll be like just trying to 
you know, people think of it as go, go, all right, I've invested this much money and this much time. I need to make X amount of cash off it, back off it. And it's, it'll drive you crazy. Like yeah. you could have a sellout show, you could sell nothing or you could sell three pieces or something like that. But either way, just be happy with the work you make and, and be, and just, and just love like looking at it all on the walls and enjoy the ex- experience, you know? Absolutely. As long as you're, you know, your financial commitment is not going to put you in, you know, on the streets. Like you, you have to um, mitigate your financial involvement in, in in your exhibition work so that it's not um, be all and end all. Mm. I feel like that's what um, is the most, uh, you know, important thing is just to allow it to to fail. If it if it fails, then so be it. But if it's a success, that really is the most. Um, like rewarding thing that an artist can achieve is a sellout show, but the expectation should be a lot lower than that. Yeah, but also it's like um, like things always sell down the track as well. Like if you've got yeah. like um, I don't know, like I've got lots of pieces left over from exhibitions that um, you know, people come to my studio or whatever and buy them, and it's been a great little like source of income. These pieces that I'll get bit uh upset that they didn't sell at the time and it's like yeah yeah they've been good income for me so that that would be good too to be able to just have like an ongoing gallery of work that that you know can be sold well you just keep painting don't you just keep making it (laughs) exactly it's not weird it feels weird to be painting on canvas as well it feels so weird to just have these canvases sitting there in the studio because my studio is primarily, it's sort of like a print space where I do, you know, the other signage stuff, but I've allowed a corner, I've allowed myself some space in the corner to do all the sort of artwork-based stuff, and it's nice to have it sitting there um, as a reminder of that that I've got this other thing going on, and it's, it's not all just about... Um, you know the day the day job, so it's kind of nice. The combination is really good. Yeah, you just got to make time for it. Make sure you're not uh, not getting sucked into the day job and the laptop, That's and right. emails, all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, one of the things that I um like, I find if I'm stuck on the computer too much, like I'll set a time of the day and I'll set an alarm on my phone and go, all right, laptops closed. Like I used to not bring my charger to the studio and that would sort of help, but nowadays I also um will work for like if I've got a lot of computer work to do throughout the week, I'll I'll cram it all into one day and have a computer day, yeah. and then uh, and then just leave it at home the rest of the time. That's good. And what happens when you come home? You you, you check your emails and you no. find out. No, I don't do it. Because it's like I think as as a freelance creative, it's like um you've got to manage your clients as much as you as much as they want to manage you. You know. Like yeah. if if someone's like busting my chops over a job, like I'll 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 communicate, I'll jump on the phone with them and, and talk it out. But I'm not going to um be checking emails at ten o'clock at night. Like you just no. let them know that my business hours are from Monday to Friday and da 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 da. da. And if they want to drag things out over day after day after day, I just say, you just say, look, I'm on site at another job for the next two days. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I'm sorry. And then, then you spend those next two days painting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because they like it's just setting boundaries, really. Oh, it's crazy. I get I get texts on a Sunday. People going, "Look, really sorry, um, but uh, I just wanted to ask you, you know, la da la la about something." And it's like, hang on a minute, it's bloody Sunday. What are you doing? Yeah, you just you just get back to them on Monday and just say, "Look, sorry, I don't answer my phone on the weekends." And totally. then, then they know, you know. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's just setting, setting boundaries, yeah. you know. Because that's the thing. If you answer that email at ten o'clock at night, they'll they'll reply with another one if they can. You know. That's right. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> anyway, bit of a. I've just I've dealt with that for years. I worked freelance for years and years, and yeah, I don't know. I found boundaries are really handy. Yeah, well, that's good. It's yeah. good that uh, you don't have to sort of deal with that as much anymore. Yeah. Well, I just don't. <laughs> you, I don't accept just- it. You know, yeah, it's even my working hours. Like I don't work on the weekend. It's like, you know, and like it's like I choose my own hours. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't um take my phone off airplane mode until eleven o'clock in the morning. 
<laughs> you know, that's because I'm doing other stuff. I go for a swim down yeah. the pool. I go for a run. I do, you know, have breakfast, yeah. do some drawing, all this sort of stuff. If like my phone starts vibrating and beeping and that, it's like that's it. Yeah. I'm I'm back on. I'm on yeah. airtime then. You know, that's a good regime. I should. Yeah, that'd be nice. That would be nice. Yeah. How do you find running for a creative? Like I found running, I started running last year. I think running is just so underrated as a as a form of uh, like just just a subtle version of uh, meditation while you're exercising. Like it's it makes you feel so good. Yeah, yeah, it is good. I love it. And um, yeah, I don't know. I only do it a couple of times a week, and I don't run that far. But I've been getting no. into swimming. That's like. I don't know. I yeah. found that's a really great way to start the day. So we've come to that time of the interview where uh, I've got some rapid fire questions for you. Okay. Um, name one artist who you think deserves more shine. Oh, um, oh, Hello Monsters. They're awesome. Love those guys. Yeah. Where are they from? Uh, they're from Belgium. Cool. They, they've probably got quite a bit of shine actually, but... Um, they should be they should be giants of the art world. They are so prolific. Yeah. Well, maybe it's coming to them. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's coming. It's definitely coming. Ah, good stuff. Uh, what's one medium you'd love to work with? Um, I'm working with so many mediums, but um, what about uh, sound? Yeah, definitely. Wouldn't mind. Wouldn't mind working with. Sound, music, you know, ambience in the room. So, like, you know, as as a sort of a an addition to your artworks, it sort of complements the work. That would be interesting. Oh, you can start planning it into your exhibition. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Do an exhibition plan with some sound. Exactly. Um, what's one skill you wish you had? Um, I wish I could do joinery. Carpentry. Yeah. I love it. I, I love uh, furniture. I like uh, I like looking at the joints in tables and chairs. It sounds a bit weird, but uh, it, there's a real art form in it, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing when done well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I've, uh, I, like, I've, my studio is above some furniture makers, so I spend a lot of time with them downstairs, like, yeah. you know, while they're putting – you know, they're making tables and chairs and things like that. And I'm hassling them to make my frames and boards. <laughs> yeah, they must do a good job of your um, frames. They do, they do. Yeah. It's been really good, really handy. And now, like, they get me doing bits and pieces as well and I've sort of learned to do sculptural pieces through just hanging out with them. But, nice. Um, but, yeah, I was really scared of the tools at first, especially all, all the saws and everything. I was just like, oh, mate, I need my fingers, you know. But now, I don't know, got a bit more confidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, who's your favourite artist? Who's my favourite artist? Um, look, yeah, that's a tricky. It's, I really like Cleon Peterson, and I know you've interviewed him, and um, he's just awesome, man. He's amazing. But actually, oh, look, there's heaps. But yeah, no, I really like Cause. I really love what Cause is doing. At the moment, just just at, from a like knockout commercial level, um, but also really fine artists. It's just incredible. It's a beautiful thing. His paintings are just stand out. Like the the you know, if you talk about color, the guy um, has a has a handle on color that is just so incredible. Like it's beautiful to see. Like the paintings are just amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's killing it. I was um. Watching a um, documentary on him the other day on YouTube. There's this series called um, Brilliant Ideas, and um, yeah, yeah, they did so, one on they did one on cause, and there's like seventy of them or something like that, seventy different artists. But they just go for half hour. They're really good to watch on your lunch break or whatever. Yeah. But, um, he seems so casual. Yeah, man, it's like you're selling paintings for three quarters of a million bucks, and you just whatever. Yeah, <laughs> no point in stressing. <laughs> you bloody made it. Yeah. Um, like, uh, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, yeah, not to stress out. Just, just relax, man. I've spent a lot of time, uh, like, with this, with this uh, sort of like sense of urgency in life. 
everything's like now, now, now. Like I, I probably if I if I if I had it all over again, I'd probably just relax a bit more because um, that that urgency doesn't always equate to um, getting more things done. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily relate to productivity. It's more about just that headspace and, you know, that's, you know, that slow down idea, just, just take it easy, relax, you know, you, you'll get it done. If it needs to get done, you'll get it done. Um, that would be ideal if I could be more like that. But, yeah, yeah. that's for the next life. Well, it's not too late. Like I've, um, I've been like that most of my life as well, like really impatient and all that sort of stuff. And just, yeah, just always in a rush. But I know I, I've just got back from holidays a couple of weeks ago and I was, the first week I was really chilled out and I just, I treated it like I was still on holidays, but I was at home and I got so much work done. And then I'd know all yeah. these projects started coming in and I start, I don't know, I'm sort of slipping back into old ways, but I need to sort of pull it back because I think when you're really chilled out and relaxed, you're actually more productive than if you're stressed out and frazzled, you know. You are, yeah. When you're running around in circles just going oh, i've got to answer that email i've got to, I've got to like um, call that person i've got to um, work on that project it, uh, you know if you've got too many things going on you just you just don't get results um but yeah holidays are great because once you come back from holiday you're just going oh you know what i can see the bigger picture and i don't give a shit about all the small stuff and you sort of start to narrow down the, the focus of what you need to do and what you want to do but yeah, you, when you get stuck in that that cycle, you're just going, oh, I got to keep up, got to just keep my head above water, and that's when it will kind of, you know, it gets to you. But it's that's life. It's just you got to deal with it. Exactly. So, um, like, what would be your dream project? Um, my dream project would um be doing something um, which went for twelve months. And I had to go to um, somewhere like India and spend a really large amount of time um, doing nothing and just sort of thinking and possibly just sort of starting to think about the uh, sort of the, the, the larger, you know, version of, of what I do and, and maybe interpreting my uh, time away into something which is completely uh, different, you know, changing the work a little bit, looking at possibly the implications of my artwork and, and what it is that I'm, you know, taking all the influences and, and kind of sort of narrowing it down into something that's really powerful, if that's a project. <laughs> yeah. Do you think there's a way you can uh, – you've got kids and all that now. Do you think there's a way you can uh, sort of get that into your everyday life? It would be great. It would be great. Um, the, the challenge is always to, to try to find ways to uh, make life more interesting through your artwork and daily life, you know, just sort of taking the kids to the park and, um, you know, playing on the swings or, whatever you know, whatever you do. Um, the domestic chores, things like that. And, and maybe, you know, as a lot of artists are trying to avoid that um, because it seems like it's it's distracting them from their art. But I think there's a, there's a really nice um, balance between the two where you can raise your children in a way which helps them look at things in a, in a more creative kind of way, you know, through your, through your own kind of artistic, you know, ideas. It's kind of influencing your kids to think creatively and, and give them a different point of view, which I think is really nice. And that's what artists should be. That's you know that's that's the nicest thing about being an artist is that you have an individual idea, you know point of view and you can really kind of have a positive impact on people. And you know that's nice. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, um, like, do you have any future plans or projects? Yeah, I've got. I've always got a bunch of stuff on the go. Um, yeah, like I said, next year I re that really, uh, it, it's it's really come to the point where I want to exhibit work, and uh, I've got a body that's already on the go, and that's exciting because it's been a long time coming, and um, I, you know, I want to make something which you know sort of encompasses many years of you know 
um, art practice and, and, you know, continue that by exhibiting more regularly and just maintaining uh, that, that, that consistent flow of um, output from the studio. So, I mean, that's that's a great start. So, you know, it's, it's a good place to be and it's a happy place. It's, a, it's, a, it's an exciting time. To, to make work, there's there's opportunities, there's materials, there's a huge audience out there that are interested in in the kind of work that that we do, and and people are generally really interested in art because um, it's it's sort of you know it's it's it becomes like a, a a way of talking about subjects or it becomes a way of sort of describing your experience in life and that that's really that's an interesting you know thing that we have in our time is that you know people are looking for unique experiences and and, and they're attracted to, to to art for that reason so you know make art make it interesting make uh, make it make it work and get it out there that's going to be good yeah totally and um and where's the best place for people to see art online um, I've got, I got a website, uh, studiodennis.com. I've got Instagram, Studio Dennis, and, and really just between those two things, the, the website's not up to date, so Instagram kind of, you know, constantly up, up, uploading pictures and things like that. Um, so, yeah, that's the place to go. Awesome. Well, um, thanks for your time, Andrew. It's been, uh, been great to have a chat with you. Cheers, Tom. Thanks a lot, mate. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Bench Talk. To view images of the guest's artwork, follow us on Instagram at bench underscore talk or go to benchtalkpodcast.com. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes, subscribe via iTunes or follow Bench Talk on SoundCloud or Stitcher. If you like the podcast, don't forget to tell a friend. And thanks again for tuning in and stay tuned for next week's episode. See ya.